Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today I have Brody Hubbard. He's the husband of a friend of mine, and I'm thankful to have you with me today, Brody. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me on. So Brody and I don't know each other very well, but we have a common denominator. So my friend Meg is one of my favorite people in Arizona, and uh, we met in a little bit of a random way. I was going to start a book club. And the book club that I wanted to start, I wanted to have a certain name and I searched Facebook groups for this name and there was already something very similar. And I looked at the Facebook group and they had, I think I joined it. And then they described all of the book stuff that they wanted to do, but they never had an actual meeting. Like they never actually got together to discuss any books. And so I contacted the admins (laughs) and I was like, hey, I want to have a similar book club for moms. And I say, you also were going to start one, but you haven't done anything. Uh, have a book I was going to propose. Would you guys like to join forces? And that same day, they made me an admin. <laughs> and they were like, we're both pregnant. Uh, we're a little overwhelmed. And this is not going to happen in our, you know, anytime soon. So go ahead, take it away. And so we joined forces and we've had a book club for, gosh, I think it's been about three years now. And so, so it's your... Uh, it's thanks to you or you're to blame for those nights that she's gone and that it's just me. Actually, pre-pandemic, like now I'm used to it, but pre-pandemic, juggling two kids um, by myself <laughs> was hard. So I remember um, one night I was talking with Meg in the parking lot for like an hour and, and she's like, yeah, my husband just texted me. He's like, I can see on the GPS or whatever. <laughs> that you haven't even left the parking lot yet. <laughs> you said you were on your way home. And I was like, sorry. Yeah. So like that, like that starts as a safety thing, like, you know, make sure mm-hmm. everybody's okay. Um, yeah. And that just quickly becomes like, why is the dot here? Why is the dot at a, at a for me, it's like, are, are you visiting like a collectible shop or um, like you already ate dinner? Why are you at the, the Taco Bell or the Falberto's? Um, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't share my location with my husband <laughs> unless every once in a while I'm like, I'm literally on my way home, but I make sure I do all the other things first before and I only share when I'm literally driving home. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we we hardly go anywhere. So it's, I, I, I don't right. remember the last time I looked at it and it's like, you're going to be in one of two places. You're like at the grocery store or at school or for me, it's like the gas station or like I still take the kids to the, 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 the record store, the collectible shop or whatever. And yeah, like our, our whole lives now are in a really even small. tinier radius than they were before. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned school and that's another connection that we have. We were bringing our kids to the school and then all of a sudden a whole bunch of people from the book club were like, Hey, by the way, we're also going to be at that school. And then your wife got a job. Um, at that same school. So we see each other often. Yeah. Which I love. It's like a double, it's like a double mom friend because I know her from book club and also as like a mom friend. Yeah. But let's talk about you. All right. (laughs) I can talk about me. And I I was just saying to um, Brody before we started recording that I've only ever known of him as Brody, but he actually told me that he has a a name that he uses and it's hub. So it's like part of your last name and it's turned into a thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did a lot of work 
uh, I did music actually in Phoenix for many years under my full name. And um, when I lived in Los Angeles, um, I was in a couple movies under my full name. I was uh, doing um, like literary events and small press events, you know, uh, and then I just, I took a break when I moved here. We moved back to, well, I was from Arizona. Um, Meg's from California, but, and was moving to Arizona for the first time. And when we got back, first we got settled in, you know, at some point we had a second child. I was kind of on hiatus. I was doing a couple little events here and there, but I was really involved in online stuff, just like with friends. And like, I somehow, like you had your story about how you told me, um, you became the admin of this book club. So I was in one of these, um, uh, like just silly posting groups, like meme groups and things like that, um, that got really huge, like 40,000 people. Um, and as a moderator, I just became known as Hub. And, <laughs> right. and then I started doing like more online art and like digital, like it's not quite filmmaking because it was none of it was on film. It was experimental videos and things like that. Um, short storytelling and things like that. And I just put it down as hub. And so that became kind of my moniker. And so when I started doing writing again and actually submitting for publishing, things like that, I just used that as my pen name and um, it's stuck and it's, it's uh, really easy. H Did you ever have that in like high school or college? Did you go by hub at a high school or college? No. Um, I, I really just, just the, the first name Brody, which then there was a band by that name, so which is why I started to use my full name, um, mm. and or my just my initials. Um, I'd get booked under sometimes, um, but no, it just it just became just this abbreviation of my last name, and um, <laughs> like it, funny, like it, it's it's just like a simple word that that's been around for centuries, means wheel or center of the wheel. Um, and so I just feel like I, I can pull the focus on the actual work itself. And, and, and you know, like, it's like, it, just, just like serial killers and big movie directors use all three names. And so I don't need to, and I'm not gonna be in either of those categories, I don't <laughs> think. So, um, so far so good. <laughs> so, so just the short name is fine. Um, well, let's talk about your work from home journey. Yes. Uh, you've mentioned several things already. Like I was in a few films and I was in the music industry, but how did you get to working from home? Why don't you just go through it? Yeah. Um, I, I had whatever odd jobs when I was a, a teenager and, and when I was a young adult here in, in Arizona and specifically I grew up in Phoenix. Um, and like, not that they were bad jobs. It's just that the, there's nothing remarkable I could say about them where um, that it, I didn't take anything from those jobs into other careers other than showing that I had the capability to work steadily. Like any job I was at, it was the office jobs mainly. Um, I was at for two, three, four years. You know, I showed that I was um, consistent work history. So I go to LA I get a, a temp job at um, uh, a big ad agency. I, then I hop on to uh, the company that produces the real world, the reality show. 
I'm there for a few years, hop over to Magical Elves, which did Top Chef, hop over to Pilgrim Studios, which did like Shark Week and Ultimate Fighter and all these other shows. And like, that's where I end up sticking around. Um, all the while trying to break into like the writing side of things, ending up falling more in love with like the literary side books and small press than I do wanting to actually write for television or write for movies. I thought you were going to say falling in love with your wife. Oh, well, no, that's, I mean, I did. That's the reason I moved to LA in the first place. I had never, okay. LA was like, so I was sit here, I was in Phoenix and uh, she was in the Bay area. Like she ended up moving to LA for um, cinema makeup uh, at, at um, Sunset Gower. I uh, didn't know this. Yeah, um, and she actually worked on a couple projects. But so she moved to LA. I moved there shortly after to be with her. And like, I kind of wanted to be there anyway doing, I wanted to go do television. And so we were both going to work in the industry. And so we say, but just that's just not where our careers took us. I mean, I did work in television, but not on the creative side. I was on the post-production side. Okay. And she ended up going from working cinema makeup to trying to get jobs with agencies or, or, you know, try to get her foot in the door that way. Somebody liked her uh, as like, hey, I like your personality. I see that in your work history, you were a nanny. Will you be my family's nanny? And that became, oh, the, the nanny uh, family preschool likes you. So they're going to hire you to work at the preschool. And, you know, flash forward now, you know, her career is in education. Mm -hmm. So for me my all my jobs in television just ended up being in post-production side my 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 work was the other work i did was like doing a podcast interviewing celebrities um doing events i emceed um wendy ortiz's uh uh book launch for her second book uh, hollywood notebook and, and i just like cool fun things like that i, I was on um you know, the Razor Cake Gorski Press podcast, you know, I, I read uh, stuff with Miriam Gerba and John Ross Bowie, who you might know from, um, um, the, the, what was the big, big Bang Theory? That was the show he was on. Um, I'm a little bit uh, not in tune with a lot of pop culture or LA that these names are rolling off because yeah. I, I don't I don't know everything that you probably I mean, there's there's so much there. So yeah, I don't blame no. you. Like like there's so many little niches and there's also the you know yeah. And so when when just starting a family there and and her career being where it was and I wasn't looking like I was gonna really advance anywhere in in my side of television that I was at. And it's like, well, do we really want to wait for me to do a, a, some sort of shift to get me more on that writing side of television that I initially came there for? Or, you know, like, what, what are we going to prioritize? We end up prioritizing, like, what's going to be best for the family? Well, moving back to Arizona where I have family so they could be near when, as that family grew, um, I could still write books or whatever from from Arizona. Um, I, I had taken uh, started to take an MFA uh, program at, at Antioch University, low, low residency program. So I only needed to be on campus 
uh, twice a year for a week and a half at a time. And so, so it was like that. an online program most of the time. Exactly. And at the time I was just driving across LA to get there during residencies, but it's like, okay, well, if I only have to be there twice a year, cool. I'll work, uh, you know, I'll live and work in Arizona and I'll just keep writing and keep going that program. Um, if something happens where something takes off, we could always go back, but that's not really going to be the concern right now. So she's like set on her program, continuing education. She's going to be a stay at home mom initially. Of course, the plan eventually became she became a teacher. I am able to look back at the last 10 years in Los Angeles and what I did in post-production, come to Arizona. We have a burgeoning tech like scene here, I guess, uh, tech community. It's like the Silicon Valley of the Southwest. Really? And so, you know, all these companies, all these startups. And so I was able to get a job at a startup and was there for a couple of years. The startup was acquired. Uh, the startup was acquired by a big company. Um, I, I liked it fine, but I, I wanted more. And I was having to drive from the East Valley where I live, you know, for, for anybody listening, watching who's not in Arizona, you, most people know Phoenix, but an hour outside of Phoenix, there's a whole set of towns and suburbs and that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So driving to Scottsdale is driving a half hour to an hour North. Um, and I found a startup in my neighborhood in, in uh, it, well, not my neighbor, not my exact neighborhood, but like hop, skip and a jump to uh, Chandler, Arizona. There was a startup. Okay. So I get hired there two years ago. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing sales. I'm doing marketing. I'm doing a lot of phone calls, uh, doing composition of marketing material in the office. Um, a lot of my sales reps are remote, so I'm able to, you know, have those relationships just based on the computer. Um, but you were in the office at that point? I was. And then as we, and then again, my, uh, go through the situation again, where my startup that I'm working at is acquired by this time an even bigger fish. Like <laughs> a, I, I work for a billion dollar multinational company now. <laughs> okay. Uh, and um, that's a, that, that acquisition takes place about a year ago um, from when we're talking now. Um, and literally the week that the acquisition happens, um, you know, having gone through the, the last few months of news stories about the pandemic, we're finally at the point where they want everybody to stay home for a couple weeks, see how it pans out. <laughs> a year later. <laughs> a year later, I am a stay-at-home uh, marketing and sales development rep and full-time at-home dad because my kids aren't back at school at this point. Yeah. And, um, and so that's, that's the long story of how I got to uh, this at-home position. I did some other at-home stuff too, but, but as far as like, like teaching, you know, online, you and I talked a little bit about that. We could talk about that now, but, um, but as far as like full-time gig, yes, this, 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 right. this has been it. When I met your wife, she's like, yeah, my husband teaches English from home. And I was like, I just started doing that. But that was just a small blip on your radar, right? Like that was just right. a short term thing. So I was in sales and I had to, I took some time off when the second baby came. Mm -hmm. And my, my company at that time had a great um, parental leave program. Mm -hmm. So I was like, 
I was good, but because I wasn't going to be actively selling, I was therefore not eligible for those bonuses, which made a big difference. You know, right. the salary was great. The bonuses are better. And so I did, I did Uber Eats, like delivering food. I did at the time, um, like, and I, I, I sincerely don't know if this is even really a thing anymore, but at the time, Bird was this scooter company, like, where you go rent an electric scooter. And, right. you know, you paid, I don't know, a couple bucks and you ride around. Well, there was yeah. guys like me who would drive around late at night, load up, and I would load up my, like, the same family van that my wife takes the kids to school in. I would throw a bunch of scooters from around town into that van, bring it home, plug them in and charge them overnight. And then the next morning, go deliver them huh. on street corners. Oh, wow. And so it was like, and then also teach kids overseas English, like very yeah. like rudimentary, you know, English lessons. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how I made up the difference um, during my, my very generous parental leave for those sales bonuses that I was missing out on. So I started to get a taste of the working from home. And we even talked about like, well, at times where, you know, they, they just with any sales job, there's ups and downs. And, and if I was in a slump, you know, it's like starting to think, well, could I like really hustle and, and work from home uh, just with, with the online teaching, but also stuff like Upwork, you know, right. which like doing editing from, I, I would do some ghostwriting and editing from home. Um, which I know your like, wife also was really good at as well. Yeah. In fact, I, she might've found it first. I, I can't recall which one of us found it first. I, I, I think she did it. I know for sure she did it even more because she was still at home with the kids the whole time. So this was just like supplementary right. income. Like, but she was doing it a lot and she told me yeah. about work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's great. And I kind of started to imagine like, could I make this a full-time thing? Mm -hmm. And for me, like it was always like, that was the thing that I didn't like when I was in Los Angeles at first was like, I would, I mean, I would take a lot of jobs. Like, you know, I liked working for a company, one company better. I liked working where I knew, even if the TV series that I was going to change, uh, work on changed from season to season because they're never full year round, you know, they're like maybe, you know, there's always a hiatus. Mm -hmm. the, the last gig I landed at, you know, I at least I, had, I showed up to the same office every day for like three or four years. And I had a rotating group of series that I worked on and specials, but I always knew where I was going to be at. So it was something like where it's like I'm taking up work from different, you know, freelance jobs, teaching whatever amount of kids, you know, in whatever day with with VIP kid, for example, you know, online teaching. Um, and then like whatever other gig economy, you know, Uber Eats, Bird Scooter, uh, not DoorDash, but one, one of the other Grubhub, but like, I can't even remember all the companies, but you know, just like, ha and you, I know are familiar with this too. I think you've, you've, you know, and you've, I'm, I'm sure talked about this on the show. Uh, you, you know, you've tried a couple different things too. I think, I think you and I, at some point were like parallel, like if not at the same, same gigs at the same time, yeah. pretty, pretty close in proximity to each other. Cause I remember asking Meg about it, you know, and, and comparing kind of experiences. Yeah, um, it can be a lot to juggle sometimes, even just trying to like keep track of your own schedule so that you don't yes. accidentally double book yourself, which exactly you have to be kind of regimented and like scheduling and like I can only work these hours for this company or I am going to like miss something or get confused or oversleep or all of the above. Yeah. 
and and so I definitely like when parental leave was over and I was back at the office. Um, that was great, but I also had gotten accustomed to being close to home with with the newborn, and um, it wasn't long after. Yeah, it was only two two and a half months after I got back from parental leave where I was like, yeah, I need to change this. I want to be closer to home, and so getting the job relatively in my neighborhood, I could even go home for lunch. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, like, yeah, I'm trying to remember the timing of it because I know there was some times my wife was teaching um, first, like, at a co-op preschool, and then at some point she did get employed by, like, uh, an official school, I guess, you know, like, not a parent-run school, but, like, a, a school. And so, you know, but, I mean, during the summer or whatever, you know, everybody's home, and I could go home for lunch and see everybody. Um, and I couldn't do that. I certainly could not have done that in Los Angeles when I was driving across town for jobs. Um, and I couldn't do that in, when I was driving across Phoenix or Scottsdale. So, like, and, and I'm, I'm realizing in hindsight talking to you, it's like everything has been this trajectory of trying to be closer to home and closer to my family and, and having more access to them and letting them have more access to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and, and, and not to jump the gun if this was something you were going to ask, but as far as like, you know, they keep saying, you know, we, we thought it was going to be for a couple of weeks and then it turned in months and now it's been a year. And pretty much every meeting we have, they keep pushing when they're going to even start the conversation about whether or not people should come back. And they've realized... Right. For, and I, I know this is true of a lot of Americans, they've realized that a lot of these jobs can be done from home, mm-hmm. like permanently with, with not a real lost product, you know, de- depending on how we're going to define productivity. Right. But, but, but I could certainly keep doing my job from home with what equipment I have, mm-hmm. even if post pandemic, if that's going to be a thing, you know, yeah. if I had to, if I had to drive the 10 minutes to my office once a month or a couple times a month, you know, to check in or like for some special occasion, special all hands meeting, that's fine. But the bulk of my job I can do with a cell phone and computer. So my husband uh, was actually given uh, a chair, uh, an allowance that he could choose his own desk and monitor. And he was able to take a few things from his uh, work office desk setup. Um, and they're they're having that same conversation. Like, we might allow this as a semi-permanent or permanent option for many of our employees. Now, obviously, some of them will need to be on site. Current currently, he has to go on site once every four to six weeks to be on call for a week. Um, but even like if he feels a tiny tr- uh, tickle in his throat, like if he feels a tiny bit sick, he's supposed to stay home, and he can do that from home too even when he's on call, it's, um, it's possibly going to turn into a long-term thing. And I mean, even he, he says, you know, even if it ended up being 50% in the future that I needed to be back on site, he likes being able to take his lunch break with the kids. You know, sometimes we'll take a walk yeah. around the, um, around the block together or, you know, just watch the kids playing in the driveway. Uh, we're, and our kids are home in the daytime too, like yours are, you know, we've been right. in online school and now we're currently homeschooling. Um, <laughs> at least two out of the three kids, the third one only sees her, her teacher like 10 to 20 minutes yeah. um, a day. And so it's kind of like, well, we're just all home all of the time. 
And I know you've been holding down the fort because your wife has still been having to work on site. Yeah. And, and so I, it was interesting. I have a sister who has eight kids yeah. and she homeschooled them all. Yeah. Uh, you, but you might have heard this story. Uh, I've met your sister. That. Oh, have you? Yeah. At the birthday party. When my oh, daughter of course. did the balloons. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. I, yeah, they would have all been here too. That makes, yes. Um, so you've, you've seen firsthand, like how many kids that is to wrangle. I am, I am one of 10 kids. You might not know this about me. And I, I was homeschooled. So see, I, I, I knew that you guys were doing homeschool. I did not know that you had come from that big of a family though. So, you yeah. know, even more so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like in theory, I should be able just to handle two kids fine. And I, that's what I've had to do for, you know, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the pandemic, <laughs> right. The pandemic broke out right in like the last couple months of my, my oldest kindergarten year. And so my wife came like both of them, they, they, they were all home. So the first few months was easy as far as, you know, I could lock she myself. She was allowed. Home. She was allowed to teach from home and said right. she didn't. Yeah. Okay. She only had a few classes every day. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's, it was summer pretty quickly after that. And mm -hmm. so they, she was going to be home anyway. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think teachers nowadays get less of a break than they used to. I feel like the, the teacher break and the, the even kids break from school, you know, like me, I, I growing up, remember being out of school for like three, three and a half months. And now it's somehow become one and a half, two months. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a, a more recent thing, because I'm from Minnesota, where they still don't go back to school until after Labor Day. So we get out like maybe around June 5th. And yeah. and you don't, you go back like, sometimes September 2nd, sometimes September 6th, whatever. Here, yeah. we have that more extended calendar now. And I, maybe that's like due to research that shows that kids don't retain very much over the summer. So they're giving us a little bit longer fall and a little bit longer spring and Christmas breaks, especially in the south where it's so freaking hot in the summertime, I can understand because then having that spring and fall break allows us to actually get out in nature and enjoy, you know, the beautiful desert. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, um, the summer feels really short. Yeah. It was still like a good amount of time for, you know, like where, where I got to see them more and they, and, and, and I was able to do my job and concentrate on my job. Um, and I would say that those first couple months of the pandemic, they were a lot more lenient as far as, you know, and I'm personally, I'm not making sales. Like I'm not closing deals. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm facilitating it. I'm helping do outreach. So it's not like, you know, I have to close X amount of deals within a quarter. You know, I'm just trying to confirm appointments, confirm information with reps, confirm you know, and there was so much up in the air in that first few months that I had it easy because Meg was taking care of the kids. I was concentrating on my job from within what, whatever space in the house I could have to myself. You can't the close the door. Yep. And the company is like, you know, we understand that, you know, there's people who are not picking up the phone right now. There's people who some people had been furloughed at that point. My company mm -hmm. did not have to do that. Um, okay. but, but there was like deals that were in the works or, um, conversations that had started to happen. It, there's one company in particular, I won't name them, but like the, a huge company who I was so happy and lucky to find the right person, get in, get the conversation started. 
and like not only did the pandemic slow that down, I, the, my contact at that company got furloughed, and so that deal kind of evaporated. And uh, to this day, like I, I don't, I don't know if they got hired back, and I, I wouldn't know who to talk to. And at this point, that territory and that company belongs to a, a different group. Um, and that was another thing. My company was being acquired right during the pandemic, so there was so much in the air. Like everybody was really. Um, not taking it easy, but they were easy on each other. Like they were understanding of each other because now everybody was at home. Uh, and if they had kids, like so many people are home with their kids, not only within our company, but other companies that we did were, you know, we're a business to, I should say, we're a business to business uh, company, B2B. Okay. You know, what the, what we offer, what we sell is from one company to another. So like people got it. Nobody was weird about it. If you, if you, if, if there was barking dogs or crying babies on either end of the line, like, or, or you were on a zoom call and somebody's, you know, in a t-shirt or, or, or Hawaii shirt or whatever, like nobody cared. Like they got it. They understood. You're saying everything in past tense. And so I feel like you're going to get to know and things aren't quite as flexible, but you have had to stay rather flexible. Yes. I mean, I, I am in the same state of mind that I was a year ago where personally I feel unsure of things I feel like I'm not how do I say this like I don't want to get too deep or heavy but I am not the same person now that I was before the pandemic um I was already kind of a weirdo being in the arts and being in performance and being in literature and and DIY I I grew up like a punk kid so like I was always an outsider um, and I certainly have never fully grown accustomed to the business world that I've found myself a part of working in startups, but I could, you know, fake it enough. And now, you know, I feel like so many people, even a year, like we're a year into the pandemic, people are just starting to get vaccinated. And so many people are able to put on so much more of a professional face than I am and, and talk like and act like they're back to business and things are getting back to normal. And I'm still in this bunker mentality where it's like, no, like I, I have to wear a mask if I ever leave the house, which I really try not to do. Yeah. I am paranoid about, uh, okay, so here's one example. So we were a startup, we got acquired by a big multinational, you know, where we're one of a million subsidiaries they own. For the first time ever in my professional career, just because this is how they do things, they said part of the onboarding process is the employees have to get a drug screening. So under normal circumstances, the, the punk rock kid in me would have been like, no, this is oppression. This is invasion of privacy. This is, you know, and like, mind you, like I, have nothing harder in my system than caffeine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but still, I'm like, why do you need that information? Why do you need like, you know, blood work or, or an employee to pee in a cup? Bad enough that I have to deal with it. Um, but now I have to go to an office, like a, a laboratory office somewhere 20 miles from where I live and literally, like, when I walked in, there's, like, people with their masks hanging off and coughing. And it's, like, why would you send me here in the middle of a pandemic, you know? I mean, I did the thing, and it turned out fine. Um, 
I wasn't going to be the one guy to like throw a fit about it and get, you know, fired over it. You know, I'm sure they would have said very nicely. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's mandatory and part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause that's the way that however long they've been a company, you know, a decades or a century, yep. or I don't even know how long they've been around. Yeah. Right? I've always um, had to. Yeah. Um, it's just something I wasn't used to because, um, working freelance, working in LA, uh, working in the showbiz and working at startups. It's just not, but no, this is like a, you know, this is a, a real deal <laughs> multinational and they have their weird rules. Yeah. Uh, again, and that's not to say that the people I, I, I work with, like the people I work with are cool, but you know, it's somebody's boss's 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 boss higher up. And like, again, it's because it's a multinational company. So many of them are, much further along in dealing with the pandemic than the United States is. Absolutely. I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you know, and they're like, oh, well, but this, 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 as, as long as they don't see productivity harmed, then they're cool with people being at home. So as far mm -hmm. as that goes, you know, they haven't had any complaints. Okay. They, they're, they're, you know, they're happy about it. Um, where, where sales numbers and things are going, um, you know, they, they, I don't pretend to know all the financials, but even after they presented them, I don't fully, I was always a word guy. I wasn't the numbers guy. So I don't always understand every chart, but, but yeah. they did. Okay. They did fine. There, there was, yeah. there, there, there wasn't a, their business wasn't impacted by the, the pandemic really. Um, but I'm like, so thinking, you how could it not be like, how could everybody not be? How can I be the only one freaking out? Or am I just not, do I just lack the poker face? Everybody else has you know so i i if you, you when you said like oh you, you talk about it in past tense it's like i felt like everybody was with me on this and i'm slowly or i'm or actually more rapidly more and more we go on like i'm feeling more left behind yeah but you're not alone <laughs> i'm part <laughs> of a few facebook groups that are for people who are you know still sticking to their bubble and um yeah i see what you're saying when you're working with people that are at very different levels for different reasons you know, not only their own personal reasons, but also just where their country's at. That That is tricky. I, I think not only has the pandemic caused people to innovate, they've also seen where things, that the way they were done before, why they were wasteful or redundant or you know, I mean, just, just not as efficient as some of these other, you know, it's, it's opened up a new way of doing things or opened up returning to old ways of doing things that we got away from. Um, like you gardening. Know, like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. People started baking bread, like got really wild about baking bread there for a while. Yeah. So well, I think in some ways the pandemic, I don't know the actual numbers, don't ask me, but you know, people were already moving towards working from home in greater and greater numbers. And I feel like the pandemic has just pushed that. Yeah. Probably maybe five years, even, you know, just the number of people who started working from home and who want to continue working from home, who, who have actually experienced some of the positive sides of it. Now, obviously some people were very uncomfortable or their jobs were not cut out for working from home. Right. You know, some that are very heavily collaborative, you know, to just, shove everyone into the online space without, you know, preparing or having all the tools in place. 
Um, you know, that's very difficult for some people. And they were clamoring to get back to the office. Yeah. Um, other people are like, wait a minute. I can see why this is nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens to the workforce in the next five years. If people I'm, I'm, will end up wanting to go home or staying home or wanting to go back or staying home. Right. So, so like, by, here, here, like a quick analogy. So, and I won't say what company it was, but I, I did work for a company where things just happened in a certain way and things were held together by like duct tape and um, paper clips, like just cause that's always how it'd been. And this thing happens where like a new manager comes in and says, well, why do we do things that way? Well, this is just always the way we've done it. And this manager's like, well, why don't we just pay for better equipment? Why don't we, you know, spend a little bit more money in this area? Why don't we fix this procedure? Oh, well, so-and-so over in that corner office, this is the way they do it. And this is the form they make you fill out. And they were just like, no, <laughs> like it doesn't, we're not doing it that way just because that's the way it's been done. If we do it this way, we get the job done more efficiently and people are happier in the office because it's not so much a pain anymore. And that's like what has happened on this national level right now. We're in the stage where we're seeing it doesn't have to be held together by duct tape and paper clips. Like, uh, yeah, I could have probably done any job for any startup that I've worked for for the last five years from home this whole time. In fact, I know my people at my old company are all at home right now. They, yeah. they their company, um, the company that acquired the last startup I worked at has sent everybody home from all the companies they own. <laughs> like they're, they're at home for like the year, you know, and I'm pretty yeah. sure the company I work for now is going to push this out to the end of 2021. Yeah. And hey, I want to change. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a few things that made me think about a few other things. So let's go back to, um, I want to talk about your schedule right now. Are you working a typical eight to five? I know you're not. I no, know yeah. that you have been able to switch your hours a little bit. Can you talk about why that was able or why you were able to make that happen? Did you have to, have to ask or do they not care? Um, the, so I am very lucky to work with a team who, who gets it. And uh, even before the situation, like, we were all very loyal and helpful to each other. And, and the thing that was helpful to me was because I was still needing to get up and get the kids ready for their day and make sure my wife was ready to go. And, and she was in a position where at some point she did return to the classroom. Um, there weren't always kids there, but, but it, um, it was the decision of her employers to have the teachers teach from campus even though the kids were home online they wanted all the teachers there to share resources and have the resources of the school um at, at some point you know the, the, they did that online for the while but eventually the teachers were back on campus so i was left alone with the kids um and so what we decided between me and my team and because there's a time zone difference right i'm in arizona okay, yeah. Um, sometimes we're the same as the Pacific, uh, standard time. Sometimes we're an hour ahead, but all my East coast people are, you know, obviously two or three hours ahead. I had a lot of central standard time accounts and reps. So they were always going to be one to two hours ahead. Yeah. 
So even in the days when I went to the office and worked eight to five, my last hour of the day, four to five, even if people were in my time zone that I was calling, a lot of them were already packing up and heading out the door early, you know, yeah. at their company. And I mean, people in my company were doing the same thing. You know, it's like, well, it's 4.30, but it's a Friday and got tickets to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and sneak out. Um, you know, everybody does it and I, nobody is hard on each other about it. <laughs> so it's like, well, I start work from 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., you know, get online, check my email, uh, check my messages, um, or maybe there was like a meeting. And because I was working with international reps as well, me getting up at six or seven allowed them to take meetings with me at what was the end of their day or, right. or even a little past. You know, there was one person in particular in Ireland who would stay up till 5.36 p.m. or I should say stay online and, and talk to yeah. us. And then he's like, okay, I absolutely have to go and have dinner with my family now. Like, okay, yeah. cool. So <laughs> I was able, to, have been able to do that, set these hours where I get up early and then I can wrap up 1.30, 2, 3 o'clock um, because my kids have been very patient waiting for Papa all day and yeah. me checking on them every hour, you know, like, I mean, we're obviously in the same house, but sometimes it's like, okay, you're going to play this game or watch this cartoon um, or play this video game and I'm going to be in a meeting uh, in the other room. And so, yep. um, and yeah, I've been able to be flexible. They've been flexible with me. There are some times where I have to log back on at 3 o'clock, 3.30, um, stay for a meeting that's going to go to 4, and that's fine because there's actually also a lot of days where I work shorter, you know, more like 7.30 or 8 to 1.30 or 2 because – like the kids need my attention. And mm -hmm. so, so they're not making you like clock in and clock out. Are you able to work almost kind of like your own little split shift that you've created? Exactly. Um, as long as I'm showing that I'm doing work and they know that because, you know, I am accountable to uh, my sales reps. I'm accountable to the rest of my team and the projects that we're on. And I am accountable for helping deals go into motion that eventually, you know, are going to pay off in, uh, and deals won and, and closed for, for the company, for their bottom line. And so they'd find out, figure out very quickly if I was just, um, you know, not logging on and not doing anything, you know? Right. It would um, be obvious. There's been days where I have been up with the kids. It was a hard night and, and I don't get a lot of sleep or I fall asleep very late. And, I'm trying to sleep in at seven o'clock and I get the text at seven Oh one, like, Hey, we have that meeting with Ireland today. Like, can you jump on please? Like, <laughs> you know, it's happened once or twice, but like, again, everybody's very understanding because they know that that's going to happen sometimes with the kids. Like where it's just like, yeah, he's kind of <laughs> stretched thin right now. And so they've it's, been very flexible. It sounds like you're almost kind of working like central time zone hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where a lot of my accounts were anyway. Um, mm -hmm. But but I was calling on the East Coast for a long time. And mm -hmm. so it was good to get up early and actually yeah. uh, get them just as they were getting into their office. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I work with people all across the country now. So, you know, and that's something something I have to time for where like, I'm up early, I'm ready. And it's like, oh, my to do list is actually 
all West Coast and they're all an hour behind me and they're not even awake yet. So uh, I guess I will just chill and get my coffee and, and make sure <laughs> the kids are spend a little more time with the kids this morning. And so I know that that is something that you're passionate about. And I'd like to give you a little space to talk about work-life balance. Now that you have embraced this for the past year and you've decided that this is something that you might like to do longer term if possible. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you feel balanced or how you would recommend people achieve? I don't know if you can actually ever be balanced, but you, you can talk about it. How do you make it work? Yeah. So my priority there was a time in my life where my priority was not my family. My priority was my projects. And it came to a point where like there was the sit down meeting um, with, with the, the boss at home, my wife, like you, like this isn't working. Like just things aren't getting done the way they should. And like your head is in these other things. And so, and that was another good reason to leave show business leave television because I would have had to sacrifice all of that sacrifice fam even more family time to get ahead in that. Um, that's just how it is there. You know, it's, it's a younger person's game. If, if you don't have kids or, and aren't married, then you have all the time to devote to the job. And my priority was, you know, became the family. So for me, it's like, what is going to serve the family? And so that helps me make decisions professionally as far as what job I take. And, and I, ha I was at my last company for three years. I've been at this company for two. So I, you know, I think there I did right. So you want to find a job that, and I don't mean make sure your bosses understand that your family is your priority. Like I didn't even tell my employers that I had a wife and kids until I was on the job for like two or three months. Mm -hmm. It never came up. They didn't ask. I didn't think it was necessarily their business to share, but I don't know if they're allowed to ask actually. Exactly. Yeah. It happened to be that I worked with really cool people. I became close to them. I became friends and they're like, you know, Oh, so you have family. Um, so now I'm talking about non pandemic times. Now during pandemic times, it's like, you kind of have to be a little more upfront with your priorities. Cause it's like, okay, if we're going to change the, the total paradigm of how we're working, you have to know, where everybody's at and so i had to be very clear like hey i'm going to be taking care of my kids from home and my my wife is going to be out of the home for her job and so i will need to do these hours so that i you know there was a time so here's a funny thing that happened over the course of the pandemic my youngest is not taking naps anymore Oh, <laughs> which is it's actually, always such a, a pain. <laughs> it was much more. I had to schedule my whole workday around her nap. Okay. It was like, okay, I'm going to be completely offline and not available to, um, on Slack or on phone or in any way, shape or form to anybody because my son will be playing a video game in the room next to me and I will be getting my my daughter down to sleep and staying in the room for another half hour to make sure she stays asleep before I can sneak out and get back on the computer and and hang out with my son so like everybody on my immediate team knew this so um like if I was gonna have suggestions for anybody it's like 
yeah, pick the job and pick the, the kind of work day that's going to work around whatever your goals may be. And in my case, it, it's family and then creative stuff, which I can talk about in a minute. But then also make sure that the, your, your team members, if it's going to be any sort of solid, cohesive, cooperative team that gets along, you know, like I have a team member who sometimes has to go take care of their mom. It's like, okay, we get that. So you're going to be gone like early this day of the week for the rest of the day and unreachable. You're with your mom. We get it. Like we're not going to, and we're not going to be like, oh, they get to go away now. You know, we still have to stay online and do this. Like, no, like we get it. Mm -hmm. So as long as everybody in your direct management gets it and, and, and is flexible with you, but then you also have to be flexible with them because they have needs too. And there's might be, the project might have needs like, Hey, you're going to have to log on one day normally after you've logged off and, and stay late and you're staying late from home. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you've, you, you're used to at four o'clock going and doing your own thing. It's like, well, it's one day you're not going to do that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I guess at some point there's going to be some people who are going to feel like they have to cover for others all the time. And I wonder if you can identify who those people are to kind of give them, you know, that flexibility that they might want in return. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just very lucky because I have a small team. And so our needs um, were easy to fit around each other there. You know, I think the bigger the team gets, I'm sure maybe that could get a little messier. Um, So are you saying that you were actually happy when your daughter stopped napping? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm happy when she stopped napping because her and so my, my oldest, my, my boy has been very good about, um, I don't want to call it being a babysitter, but kind of is, you know, like he, you know, he, he he's kind of responsible for making sure that they're both okay. You know, in, in that, you know, I'm sure my wife would love me to have eyes on both of them every minute. But that's just not possible when I'm taking calls or I'm in Zoom meetings, you know, with with clients or, or prospects or whatever. Um, so like I have there has to be some trust there that like, OK, well, maybe I'll, you guys are going to play in the backyard and I'll sit here in the living room with the door open and the blinds open so I can see you playing and know that you're yeah. OK. But like I also have to be on this call. That's the yeah. other thing. So there's been a lot of talk about having the camera on or off on all these new, you know, teleconferences, Zoom calls that people are having. And I think there's bosses out there who are actually like, oh, we expect you to be camera ready. And I feel like even like my boss's boss's boss at the beginning of the pandemic said that like, hey, everybody, I want you to be camera ready. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of gone away because some of us aren't even like <laughs> taking showers or, or, or getting dressed every day. <laughs> right. So I am used to being on camera because of the nature of teaching English. And so I'm comfortable on camera, but it is kind of a pain in the neck. Like if I'm going to like, for instance, record an interview like this, I yeah. definitely, I was still wearing a t-shirt, you know, from whatever last night yeah. um, and have to like get ready. Uh, my husband, uh, his team, I don't know if any, but actually I think I did see a camera on earlier today and I was like surprised because usually yeah. all I ever see, you know, is a whole panel of people's like, what would you call that? They're like company photo. Yeah, exactly. They're headshots or, or some and sort of avatar. They just know each other's um, voices. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the first time I realized like it wasn't going to have to be that way is like when one of my boss's bosses was just like, hey, I didn't do my hair this morning and I just don't feel like 
did, did feel like doing a full face of makeup and like I just couldn't keep the camera off guys and like I was like yeah of course like we wouldn't it's fine you know yeah uh, when I have like a baby in her diaper running around like huh. um it could be a privacy issue for your family too yeah honestly I I do make a point um for myself to try to position myself so that I'm not gonna have traffic following you know walking behind me um like for instance earlier i was talking with um my assistant who helps with like my video editing and things yeah. and my daughter walks in we don't wear enough clothes sometimes in our <laughs> <Right>. family <laughs> and um and i i know about where the camera ends and so i can just kind of like lovingly keep her away <laughs> from yep. the camera and yep. that protects not only you know my daughter's privacy, but also the person I'm on with. They don't have to, you know, feel awkward about seeing unnecessary things. And so I like to put my back towards the wall, yeah. um, if possible, or into a corner. Um, and that's something that I have just kind of picked up that I noticed that a lot of people, they're used to putting their desk um, facing the wall, where yeah. I prefer to actually spin it around and just give myself a little bit of chair wiggle room. Um, and I think that just that one thing then your house doesn't have to be all clean. People aren't going to see your dog. I mean, like, it's just, it gives yeah. everybody a little bit of, like, I don't know, anonymity. Did I say that yeah. right? <laughs> no, it's, absolutely. And exactly. It's, I'm the same way. I, there's a lot of, I've taken all meetings in bed, like, I'm waking up early enough and I'm not showered and, and, and dressed in, you know, anything more than pajamas or whatever. Like, you know, and I just, lying there my head on the pillow because there's there's some meetings where i'm purely there as um i'm introducing two people mm -hmm. and and you know the 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 prospect and the sales rep i'm the one who made the relationship possible but i'm on mute and i'm just letting the sales rep do his thing or mm -hmm. her thing and like i'm just there kind of to be able to say that i i am the person that the sales rep is accountable for to so that I can report that the meeting happened and, and it, it went great and they did the pitch mm -hmm. perfect. And it looks like this is going to go somewhere and become an opportunity. Um, but during the meeting, I can be on mute with my head on the pillow, you know, <laughs> like, I, uh, I have a, I have a daughter who took a few online classes that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't put her computer on her bed and I'd be like, your teacher doesn't need you to turn your camera on. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I probably shouldn't uh, call her out on that. But no, there are some days that it's like, you know, and those were kind of meet and greet mornings. Um, they would have about 40 or I would say about 20 minutes of just, you know, casual chit chat. And it wasn't yeah. like a big lesson or anything at the point. And I'm like, bye by me, girl. Yeah. So we, 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 I would hope that as a culture, we will start to relax and, and be less tense about these things. And, you know, like I said, my team is all very forgiving and cooperative um, and everybody's respect. Like there's not one time that anybody has like taken advantage, like undue advantage of that. Like it's, right. you know, I work with good people and I, 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 I am lucky in, in the line of work that I'm in to, right. I couldn't well, tell you about any negative experiences. So like, when everybody I was gets working, it. I'm sorry. When I was working for uh, Mayo Clinic, that's one thing I was going to say before is we had to clock in and clock out for lunch. Yeah. And we had to get permission if we were gonna change our schedule a little bit. If we wanted to have a longer lunch, we had to like literally get permission. Um, that was one of the things that I actually um, 
advocated for myself when I was having my third kid. I was like, hey, I'm going to continue working your terrible third shift hours. Uh, but in return, because they had given the opportunity for a lot of people to change their schedule finally after several years. Yeah. Um, I said, in return, though, I would like to have more flexibility. And I'd like to take a 90 minute lunch every single night. And I'd like to be able to take it in 30 minutes or 245 minutes, 330 minutes, 245 minutes, 190 minute. And I don't want to have to ask permission. Is that okay? And they said, yes. And now, fast forward, I interviewed uh, one of my previous coworkers uh, earlier, um, well, I don't know, the first five or 10 episodes. And she said that everybody has that now. And I don't know if I helped that get started before I left or if that's just something that came to be like, you know, we don't need to micromanage every single person's, you know, clock. I mean, exactly. it was really kind of ridiculous. Um, and so I hope that one of the things that comes out of the pandemic is that there will be more flexibility and more appreciation and more, you know, teamwork in those kinds of ways, yeah. um, rather than those people who prefer to micromanage everything. Yeah. I hope that's and the thing of the past. And, you know, we're, we have a whole, I was saying to my wife today, like, what stories are my kids going to tell their kids someday about what they saw and what they experienced? And it's like, you know, think of that. There's, there's a whole bunch of people who this has been their only experience in the workforce or in school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll have to change. Um, yeah. Like I said, especially with everybody seeing that it didn't have to be as hard as it has been. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that, uh, people can start, like you said, advocating for themselves and for each other, um, yeah. to make it easier. As long as people are fair and don't take advantage. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask you something about your current setup. Do you have work equipment that your company gave you or how did that work out for you? So, yes. Um, I, so here's the funny thing. Um, one of the great things about the company I work for is they are very generous and they are very much like even like the reason why I'm, I'm able to talk to you now is because like they have been very clear, like take the vacation days when you need it. And like, we have some big departmental changes coming. Um, there's certain things with, like I said, I was a startup. It's been acquired by this big company and there's like a bunch of stuff that is starting to kick into place where now we're like fully integrated and my job is going to become accelerated in some different ways here soon. And the team's changing up. And so my boss and I talked, it's like, this would be a good time for me to take a vacation. And spring break. Yeah, exactly. Like I get to actually spend spring break with my family because they are home for spring break. So that's been cool. One of the things I had to do was on my last day before my vacation was go in and we're kind of turning, phasing out the equipment from the startup. And here's your new company issued computer. Mm. Um, and I've always just been like on my, my phone, my, 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 my iPhone and the laptop they gave me. But, you know, they wanted to give me a company phone. They wanted to give me like this big um, deck and the station to set up all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to use that. And I'm like, well, you have to take it home because they said we had to give it to everybody. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So there's this, all this stuff sitting in a box and it's going to remain in a box. I, I don't, want to recreate my work desk at home. Okay. I, I like having just a laptop mm -hmm. um, and throwing that around wherever I need to go. If I'm sitting on the couch watching the kids play in the backyard, if I'm at the kitchen table, if I'm getting up for an early meeting, like I said, doing a introduction between a sales rep and a prospect and it's seven o'clock in the morning, my time, and I'm gonna lay my head on the pillow and 
I'm still listening to conversation. I'm not zoning out because I have to like account for that meeting having happened. But like, um, I'm going to put what little wake awake energy I have into doing that, and my body is going to be in sleep mode <laughs> otherwise. So, so I have a question oh, yeah. that goes along with that then, because one of the reasons that a lot of people do want to recreate their workstation is for the ergonomic features. So how do you keep yourself from hunching over your little laptop or straining yourself? Because I have a lot of like physical issues that I've been having to go through, um, like physical therapy and all of all of the stuff. Yeah. So how are you going to prevent yourself from getting there? Uh, so one of the good things I learned at one of my old jobs, one of my old jobs, one of our clients built the kind of platform, like standing desks. Yeah. And so I got to use one because we had them around the office because they were a client of ours. Yeah. And so at home, <laughs> we created and at this new job now, you know, even at my 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 office pre pandemic in my current gig, I had a standing desk. And okay. so now I can just put the computer on the like the bar in the kitchen if I need to okay. and have there and stand there. You know, I take a lot of meetings that way and walk around. That's a good height. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, so, you know, I'm probably like right now, like hunched over more than I normally would be like, and I'm actually fine right now. I'm comfortable, but, um, yeah, no, ergonomically <laughs> being in bed or, or, you know, <laughs> or, or just standing up in the kitchen and making coffee while meetings going on. Sometimes we have these all hands meetings and it's like everybody logging in from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't have to be on mic or on camera. Right. So but I just need to listen so I know what's going on yeah. at my company. And so I have the computer on the bar and make myself coffee, go around, you know, if, if the my daughter wants to snuggle and I can go sit on the couch and she can lean on me, you know, um, I just keep moving around. I think that's the yeah. big thing. I just have to keep yeah. moving around because I've, you know, I am of that bunker mentality right now. I, I'm not as active, you know, I live in Arizona, it's very hot. So I'm, I'm not out and about as much as I, I would like to be or as much as I would have been in the LA weather. Um, so yeah, I just, I just keep moving around, but that, that's what the, the flexibility of just, just being on the laptop and, and making calls on my phone when I need to, I do a lot of email. Like my approach is a, I, I really like the email marketing aspect because mm -hmm. I am the, a word guy. I love the written word and I think I get more meetings writing to people. I don't, I don't like picking up the phone, so I don't see why they want to pick up the phone. Yeah. And a lot of times I just need to write them a, 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 a well-written, perfectly worded letter to get what I want and to get the meeting. Like, yeah, sure, I'd be interested in that. And then I'll let the sales rep talk on the call because he's the guy who likes to talk, right? And he's the guy who closes deals that way. Right. So that's, you know, so I can just keep moving around and, and laying out and and being comfortable in my home. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're better at that than I am because I find myself <laughs> often just coming back. I've got my uh, laptop doesn't hold a very long charge anymore. Um, yeah. And so I'm constantly tethered to something. Now that I have the AirPods, it gives me a little bit more freedom of movement as far as like not being tethered literally with my headset. Yeah. Um, it even allows me, like today I was attending a meeting and I was organizing my desk. It's a pit in here. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as I am on one of those meetings where I'm listening, it gives me a chance to have that freedom to like move around. And I'm like, oh, I actually feel better today than I did the last week. Oh, yeah. 
I will say like, this is, this is also true in my writing. So, you know, I, I write for myself. I'm also an editor for a lit journal. Um, and I know that there's so many writers and editors who have a routine and who work better the way like you work or, or where a lot of people that you and I know work where they have a station, a set place in their home, a set time and a set quiet or volume, you know, um, a set amount of coffee before they get started. Maybe like they have like their own thing. I am. I've just always been a per like I was, like I said, like I was a punk kid. I would take naps on the practice room floor while my band played. Like I am <laughs> an adaptable creature. Right. And sometimes, and I think that, I think that any routine would, would in the, in a lot of ways, <laughs> Over the years, as Meg could probably tell you, there are ways that routines have saved me and kept me well behaved. But as far as like creatively or like doing my best work, I don't think that routine is necessarily it for me. I think it's adapting to how I feel that day. And, and right, just... and I can relate with that on both levels. I have pulled a lot of overnighters. I have pulled a lot of over a lot of overnighters. I can't say it right. Yeah, in my day, because at some point, you know, you hit your creative stream and you're just like, I gotta just capitalize on this right now. Yeah. Um, and other times, yeah, you know, you've got to build that routine that will save your butt from, you know, oversleeping or something like that. Right. Um, why don't you chat for just a minute about some of these other things that you're doing? Because I do want to let you uh, give an opportunity to tell us more about your writing and where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say, like, this is something that has kept me sane during this whole weird time is like, I actually upped my creative output during this time. I started writing more, submitting to more journals. So my own writing, you know, I, I, I'm in a lot of different things. I have some articles coming out on a website called Drunk Monkeys. Um, I also regularly edit for Meow Meow Pow Pow. Um, you know, the, both of those websites are, are literary journals. And in the case of Drunk Monkeys, who I just submit writing for, very pop culture oriented. All my stuff has been about TV shows and things like that. With Meow Meow Pow Pow, it's more of a, they're primarily a broadside that does poetry and like flash fiction and things like that. Um, I've been kind of given over the blog to edit and because I was submitting a lot of pop culture articles for our own blog and the team and I agreed like, hey, why don't I go seek some of this stuff out? So we have some cool stuff. You know, I read a lot of the B stuff. A lot yeah. Of work. Yeah. Yeah. We do a theme every once in a while. And like the last theme that we're closing out is bees. And so people had bee themed poetry and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I did a whole article about the history of bees in DC comics history. Um, and cause there was more than you'd expect. <laughs> um, uh, I, and so I edit for them. I like somebody today did a, or one of the pieces I put up by another writer today was about um, reflections on the fragility of life based on IMDb trivia about Ghostbusters 2. Somebody okay. else wrote about the meaningfulness of a deleted scene from the first Wives Club that like is like a movie that's from decades ago. Um, like there, you know, I very much like specialize in obscure pop culture facts and weird personal connections to it so um you know you can find like a lot of my stuff i just catalog everything that i've been doing for other people for, for other journals and things like that on hubunofficial.com. um and then i'm like i said yeah actively taking pitches for and, and handling the the publishing on our blog for meow meow pow pow lit.com 
So those are like the two big places people can find what I do. But I've also been doing like, uh, I got into video and experimental video and experimental narrative on video. Um, and then I married that to this pop culture interest. I actually started doing like these little TikTok essays where, um, you know, WandaVision was a huge thing in my house. Um, <laughs> lo everybody loved WandaVision in this house. Well, I mean, me and my daughter. My son isn't as interested. Meg barely has time for it. Um, <laughs> there, without any spoilers, you know, like the show is about looking back at old sitcoms. In part, you know, partially it's about looking back at old sitcoms. There was a big Monsters reference they made. I discovered in, I was like, oh, well, I showed my, my youngest. I'm like, let me show you the show that they were talking about what this was kind of making fun of. And I wanted to show her the Monsters theme. Come to find out... <laughs> There were not one, but two different versions of the monsters before the version that came on the air. There was two. No way. What? Pilots. Yeah. So the first one was in color, had a different Marilyn, uh, had a different wife, Phoebe, not Lily, different actress. Wow. And yeah. And the son, Eddie Monster, made to look totally like a werewolf, as opposed to just like Butch Patrick with his, you know, widow's peak. Played right. by a, this actor that was never seen again. Happy Durnham, I think his name was. Something like that. <laughs> and then they did the second version of the pilot, which looks a little more like what we know now with the same, mm -hmm. the actors we know now, with the theme. Um, they hadn't quite got the Eddie Munster look yet. He just looked like a kid with pointy ears. Okay. Um, but it was totally away from the total beast look of, of the first pilot so like i i found out this stuff i didn't know about it and I, I posted it on tiktok like with the footage and kind of narration explaining what it was and like i wake up one day and sixty thousand people have viewed it i'm like oh so people are interested in this content okay well, <laughs> i'll keep doing this and hopefully they check out the stuff that i'm writing too you know it's obviously more riveting what i'm putting out there <laughs> <laughs> hey you all can find me on tiktok too <laughs> yeah we'll have to find you um what's your what do you call it? A handle? What do you call it? Yeah. Everything is under just hub unofficial. Okay. You know where I got yeah. that name? Do you have kids who have, have any of your kids, did any of your kids uh, become enamored by the, um, the Pied Piper of YouTube known as Blippy? I think we have been exposed. Yes. Many have. <laughs> and he was called like, you could find all his stuff under like Blippy official. Okay. So I became hub unofficial. I see. I see. Hey, Brody, AKA hub. What would you recommend for people who are thinking about working from home for the first time or who are, who have been thrown into it and need to make it work long-term? So first and foremost, I think everybody needs to take care of themselves, their mental health, their mental wellness, um, figure out what situation is going to be best for that. Mm -hmm. I would like to hope that everybody's bosses, managers, supervisors, et cetera, will be um, understanding of that. But yeah. so start to have those conversations like before you take a job or if your work situation is changing, like start mm -hmm. to have the conversations. Um, realize what value you're giving to the company. I think the big lesson that I learned at some point uh, was don't let them think that you are totally replaceable. We're, we live in a, you and I live in a, a, 
uh, what they call at will state or, or what they call it. Oh, people... right. Yes. Fire right. at will. Fire at will. And like, <laughs> like, you know, bad bosses, toxic bosses make them think, well, we can replace you. Yeah. What the secret I learned at some point was it takes a lot of resources to recruit and hire and train people. Yeah. Um, that's why if we, if any of us have ever had like a bad coworker, like there's a reason that, you know, barring like totally blatant, gross, illegal behavior, like yeah. sometimes a bad employee is not going to be cut loose because yeah. they're producing something and it's going to take so much more resources and time to replace them. So you as a good employee, like, Hey, you know, I'm able to do this and I'm able to produce at this level if I can have these conditions at home and this is how um, we can make it work. And so once you're at the point where you're taking care of yourself and what's going to work for you and whether it's your family or your creative pursuits or both, you know, then you also have to be, you know, it's not a vacation. It's not, um, you're not going to get to be lazy. You're not going to be, I'm not accusing anybody of being lazy, but, you know, but just understand it's not going to be like, you know, when I, like, I joke around about like laying in bed. Um, I couldn't get away with that all day for every situation. Like you can make yourself comfortable at home, but to the benefit of actually being productive in your job, like the comfort level is so that same thing at work, you you can't work in an office if your chair is not comfortable. So make pulling sure your weight. Yes. But, but yeah, pull your weight, be reasonable with your expectations, but make sure that they're not, you know, you know, there's the thing I like, Oh, well, if you're at home, then you're just going to be on call all the time. Like, no, you know, you, you still have to, you know, if, if whether you're getting off at three or four or five, you know, or making your own hours, you have to, cut the cord at some point like there can be exceptions but like make the rule that like Mm -hmm. you have the lines really defined and that you're really um and when you're on you're on like you know i i i don't stop everything as much as i would love to be the perfect father and drop everything because my kid wants to show me a drawing that he made like i sometimes feel like hey kid i'm really happy and excited to watch that it's going to have to wait till after I'm done talking to these people in this meeting. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's just, yeah, I've different. actually had a signal for my kids and I'll say, if you ever knock on my door one time and I don't say anything, I want you to know that I love you and I can't wait to see you. Or if my door is cracked and you can see me and I put my hand up where other people can't see it, but you can see it. That means <laughs> I love you. I know that you're there. I can't wait to talk to you, but I have to finish this thing first. And they know that, you know, if it was a true emergency, actually, if my husband and I are ever in meetings at the same time, we always let them know first, which parent is the one that they could interrupt if there was an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, again, it's the same as if you're going to be in an office all day, like there's going to be times where you have to call, get called by the family to, to leave the office. Yeah. You know, but people know the people in your life know what's reasonable it's it's setting reasonable boundaries i think that's it it's setting reasonable boundaries for yourself yeah. with your your employers just like you would at work you know um mm-hmm. you know i once had somebody in an office job 
yell at me about something that they were unhappy with. And I was like at my desk eating lunch. And I was like, I'm at lunch. Like, you shouldn't yell at me when I'm on the clock either. But you especially have no right to be yelling at me while I'm just trying to like eat my lunch. You know, mm-hmm. this was, ob- I should say, this should be obvious that this was a, a job in TV because, okay, <laughs> you know, like, you know, this. <laughs> I mean, just quick aside, that was another part of adjusting to like startup life and professional life and office life was I realized how like insane my time in TV was. It was a totally different thing. Um, But then again, you know, I've heard some pretty insane stories from people who've worked in office environments too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I worked in a hospital and like there was a doctor that would just yelled, like yelled and I think even swore at, uh, I can't remember if it was a nurse, uh, it might've been, but you know, back in the day, there was some things that they could get by with and that yeah. doctor got fired. Good. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that times are changing and thank God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's something that we all, like I said, as a society, we have to start being the, the boundaries that we draw have to be better for us and be with us and, and, you know, with the worker in mind, you know, right. Um, it's not, it's not always about the employers. Well, thank you, Brody. I think this is good. Thank Shall you. we? Yes, April. <laughs> I really All right. It. Yeah. Well, this has been so fun and a lot of interesting perspective and yeah. All right. Well, this is April Malone with Brody Hubbard, and this is Yes, I Work From Home, and thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.